seriously guys i just need to you know tighten up and just buy music for my podcast intro um this whole looking up free stuff on the on the youtube <laughs> as my tia would say it's just not working out um but i do love having background music anyways this is jacqueline your host welcome to amiga printer And this is a platform where we highlight women of color who are entrepreneurs and creatives. And we talk about going from that stuck place to transcending to making your dreams come true. The women that come on are open and they share their journeys from being in that transition and now being able to launch these amazing businesses and creative ventures. In today's episode, we have Kaya McBride, a self-described storyteller. She's a writer and founder of Write on Kaya. I actually found her years ago online. Her writing was such an inspiration and it was often my go-to for writing myself. At the time, I had an opportunity to write for a few sites. I wanted to write like these amazing women that I followed. Back then, it took me a while to find what she and many of these women of color looked like because they wanted their writing to speak for itself. Now, as you'll learn, she rebranded and doesn't just write, but she uses her platform, including great visuals and photos, to tell her story. Today, she'll talk to us about her journey from Cali, a place that she dreamed of coming and working, to returning to Atlanta to live with her family why she took a chance and trusted her own intuition when it didn't always look like she was making the right decision. She even took on a waitressing gig while she waited for just the right opportunity. She shares her journey on not just self-love and self-acceptance, but on growing her confidence and intuition. And as always, much, much more. Speaking of amazing writers and storytellers, I wanted to share with you that on April 3rd, Myself and Gigi Renee of All the Many Layers and former podcast guests will be doing a free webinar entitled The Power of Telling Our Stories Out Loud. We'll discuss why it's important for women of color to tell their stories out loud, including why we silence ourselves and how we can break the cycle and find unique ways to use our voice. This is perfect for writers, bloggers, womenpreneurs, and podcasters or even if you're a woman looking to break the cycle of silence. We hope that you'll join us. All the info is going to be in the show notes, and you can also find it on Instagram at Amigapreneur. You can always go to the link in bio. Now, this is a free webinar, but you will need to register in order to get access. Now, on to the interview. Oh, man. (laughs) I feel like I'm constantly questioning everything, um, which I'm gonna assume is a healthy thing to do. (laughs) But um, yeah, I think probably the most recent was my, when I was kind of transitioning from LA back to Atlanta. So, you know, when I had went out to LA, I kind of had attached myself to another person's brand and what they um, were looking to do which wasn't bad at all. It was uh, an amazing experience and it gave me a good reason to go out to LA, which is a place that I always wanted to go. But I started to feel, once I got out there, something shifted um, on the job front 
and it put me in a position where number one I was kind of fighting for survival out there um, because as a freelancer I just never knew when my checks were coming Um, I was I didn't know you know I wasn't I would say I wasn't confident enough in my abilities to you know go charging crazy rates which is something that I really had to learn especially as a woman that it's okay to demand your worth um but I hadn't gotten there yet <laughs> at least not initially um so it was just a constant financial struggle um creatively I was starting to get worn out and I felt like even though I was doing a lot of cool stuff and a lot of I guess notable stuff I wasn't I didn't feel like I was quite walking in my purpose and it just left me feeling constantly uh indecisive and back and forth I wasn't sure what to focus on I I always had my ideas and my goals but I had put them on a back burner for so long that I wasn't even sure where to start and where to pick up again and it was a very frustrating time and you know, again, I, because I was in a tight financial situation, I was starting to just take on all of these things that really had nothing to do with what I really wanted to do long term and what I loved and what brought me um, fulfillment. And so I was just constantly like praying and, you know, asking God, what am I here to do? What should I be doing right now? I was trying all these different things, trying to make things work that I knew deep down really weren't, you know, weren't aligning with where I was looking to go long term. So I would say that was probably, which was what that happened 20, the end of 2017 was when I kind of finally reached the point where I was like, okay, I need to get out of here. Not because I can't succeed out here, not because, you know, this isn't a great place, but because I know if I stay here any longer, I'm going to settle And I'm not going to push myself the way I need to because I'm going to get caught up in this survival mentality versus this thriving mentality. And so I decided to leave L.A. and come back to Atlanta to really kind of reset and really figure out, okay, what is it that I really feel like I should be doing while also just kind of rebuilding the foundation that would enable me to do it? So talk to me, there, there's so much here, right, that, that we can take away. And when we're trying to do what we love and we decide to make a move, but the money is not showing up, and then we either have to make that decision, okay, do I want to make sure that I'm stable, but I'm unhappy? Or do I want to be happy in what I'm doing, but it's creating instability? How did you learn that, you know what, instinctively something or intuitively something is telling me that I need to move versus staying here and making different kind of moves? Talk to us about how you decided that a move was something that you needed to do and that you needed to go and find both stability and to do the creative work that you were meant to do. I would say it it ultimately came down to just how I was feeling in my spirit. Like I was so heavy. I was probably a little more negative than normal. Um, I was un, I just was unhappy. Like not again with necessarily where I was, but how I was in that 
place. And I knew that that wasn't what God had in mind for me. And I knew that what it is that I was doing just didn't, I knew for a long time that it wasn't what I wanted to do, but I was trying to, I guess, test things out. Um, just because it was a new experience. And for me, I'm a firm believer. And at least if you have an interest in something and at least trying it, just to say that, you know, you don't have any regrets down the road. So what I went out there doing was something I had in mind for my career path like years ago. And I just never had the opportunity to really, you know, go out and explore it. And so I don't regret the opportunity and I don't regret making that decision. But I, in the midst of, you know, working in that capacity, I realized that, yeah, this, this isn't for me for a number of reasons. Mm -hmm. And so when it got to a point where I was kind of dreading the work and when I was just feeling like I never had time to do the things that I cared about when I spent, when I realized I was spending more time chasing a paycheck mm -hmm. than I was actually getting one and being creative. That's when I kind of felt that push that was like, okay, you know, maybe going back and resetting isn't a bad idea. And it was a hard decision to make because one, it, I think of some of it was me, my ego, and I really had to get out my own way in saying that it's not that I'm quitting or necessarily failing, it's the step back that I need in order to elevate to the next level. And I had to really come to terms with that you know, leaving and going back home, so to speak, wasn't a failure on my part. Um, it was acknowledging what my truth was and knowing that if I wanted to really walk in my purpose, that I was going to have to make some uncomfortable decisions um, in the midst of discomfort. So, um, and actually when I left, I didn't have a job lined up. Um, I thought that, you know, coming back to Atlanta, because I had been here before, I thought it wouldn't be as hard to get a job. You know, I had a great resume and whatnot. Um, so I kind of underestimated the market. So actually when I got back, I didn't have a job lined up for three months. And so mm -hmm. I, I ended up having to go and then like, it was like a bunch of stuff that happened. I ended up not, uh, the housing situation I was supposed to have fell through. So I ended up actually going back to North Carolina for three months and I had to like humble myself even further and stay with my grandparents mm -hmm. um, because I had no place to go and I had no job <laughs> and I was applying for hundreds and you know, I probably applied for at least a hundred jobs and you know either most of the time didn't get a response or I just would get turned down and so going through it wasn't like I came I left and came immediately back into you know, financial stability, like I actually went, you know, probably deeper in the hole because I didn't have the money to pay my bills at that point. Mm -hmm. So, you know, really during that period, I really had to learn to trust God and really say, you know, a lot of times we try to control everything and there's some things that aren't meant to be controlled. Like I've, I've learned in my life, a lot of times when things happen organically that's how you know you're moving in the right direction and that's not to say you don't have to put the work in and you know do uh, set the foundation and put things in place and be ready for your moment but the things that usually don't, don't work out for me are the things I'm trying so hard 
to make work in the way that I think that it should happen versus letting things fall into place the way the way they're supposed to and trusting God and saying, okay, I've done this, this, and this. Now it's your turn. Um, so for me, it was just, it was, it was a very humbling experience. Um, but overall, I feel like I, I, I made the right decision, even with the uncertainty. Um, I felt like I, I found peace in the midst of that chaos. And that's how I knew I had made the right decision. And anytime that I've left a situation without something lined up, um, I always go by what brings me peace in my spirit. Like, it does leaving this job with nothing lined up bring me a sense of peace. If not, then maybe, you know, maybe there's a better way to do it. <laughs> um, um, if so, you know, at the end of the day, nothing's going to you're never gonna fail to the point where you're not gonna be able to get back up. Um, there's always a way up as long as you don't quit. So even if whatever decision doesn't pan out the way you think, I, I'm a firm believer that everything will come back in the place as long as you keep going. I love how you talked about us always trying to control everything, right? Trying to get that sense of control for ourselves. That's something that definitely for me while going through like my own transition and even because I feel we're always transitioning right there's always some sort of transition and I think in the worst of times we're trying to control everything when nothing can be controlled so right. that we can get a sense of that and you talked about honoring you know what what you felt was going to be good for you trusting that everything was going to be okay when everything seemed to like get worse right and then humbling yourself I think a lot of us can learn to honor that and to trust, but I think we never really um, think about having to humble ourselves. Mm, yeah. You know, if we have to go and live somewhere, you know, that, you know, we're a certain age and, and I should have it all together, right? right? I should have all the answers. And it's such a humbling experience to have those things come up where you can't pay the bills right? Or you don't have all the answers or you made a mistake and learning throughout life that no matter how old you get, there will be something that will humble you. You won't be exactly where you think you need to be. And then you'll learn to let, you'll have to learn to let go of control and learn to trust the process. So within that, you know, when, when you, I love what you said about what was true to you is that even though you were going somewhere and you didn't have a job and that's scary, but the decision was bringing you peace. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I think for, for some people, right, how do you have peace when, when, you know, in quote unquote reality, you don't have a job, like how can you be at peace? Right. Can you talk a little more about finding peace and making that decision, even though everything outside of you is telling you, well, that's not the reality. How can you have peace in the midst of not knowing? Yeah, um, I think I mean, it all kind of goes back into that control place. Right. Like, you know, the the lack of peace is the usually stems from the fact that you're trying to have this hold on something and control it and it's not going your way. So when you kind of accept that things aren't, aren't necessarily, number one, it's not always about you. Like 
everything comes when it needs to come. And sometimes it doesn't even have anything to do with you. For instance, you know, again, I didn't have, I was applying for all these jobs and nothing was coming through. So I had to realize, okay, yes, this job isn't coming through, but there may be something that's um, protecting me, you know, like maybe the jobs I was applying for wouldn't have been a good uh, place for me to uh, grow mentally and creatively. Like maybe it would have been done more damage than it would have good. So when you start to kind of shift your mindset as to what's going on, it starts to, you start to kind of look at things a bit different. Um, so I think shifting my mindset was a big thing because it was like, okay, no, I don't have this job lined up, but I'm creative enough that I can find a way to, to make things work. And granted, I was in a blessed situation where, again, I was at home with my family. Not everybody has that particular option, but whatever it is for you, I think, um, I think a knowing that you have more resources than you probably think, Mm -hmm. um, which in a sense, sometimes you do still have to humble yourself for, Mm -hmm. um, and just realizing at the end of the day is going to work out at some point, you may not have a exact timeline of when that happens. I think for me, I really had to detach who I felt like I had to be from the outcome. Like I had to, um, I think of the best way to put it, but like I had to realize that who I am and what I'm meant to do isn't necessarily attached to the the moment. You know, I had to let go of this idea of this is who I am. So some things when I'm, when I'm not doing this or when I'm not walking in this, that, that means I'm like, out of alignment and I'm in this chaotic state trying to get back to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to find that the peace really was something that had to be within. It had to be an acceptance. It had to be um, really just, I guess, a mind, sh- a mind shift, um, a mindset shift. Um, just, yeah, just really taking my hands off of things and knowing that something better was coming down the road we had a a guest who talked about manifesting manifesting six figures and being in alignment even though when she was far from them you know and she talked a lot about not attaching yourself to the outcome Mm -hmm. being in a place of knowing that this you know putting that out there this is what I want this is where I want to be and then making the moves but not attaching yourself you know, meaning that the result wasn't going to make you or break you, you know, that you were already putting that for yourself and believing in yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of what it sounds like with you as well. I think we do attach ourselves, whether it's, and I think that's the big part of transition is that we have such a hard time letting go of those attachments of what they mean, of what that identity means, what the money means, what, you know, failure means, right, to others or to ourselves. And we get so attached. And I think that's where the breakdown begins. Right. Because we don't want to let go of those things to step into something that, you know, because transition has three steps. It has the beginning, which is really the end, right? The end of that, that cycle, that identity, that place you don't want to be anymore. And you accept that, okay, that's over. And I think we, when we're in the in-between and we don't know what's going to happen, that's probably the scariest part. Because it only seems to get worse before it gets better. 
And that's where we start learning to let go, let go of control, let go of attachment to ourselves to a certain outcome or a title, what it is, you know, I guess reaching for me, like your higher level of understanding that you are more than the results. Mm-hmm. your past and what other people say so it's like finding yourself and then having that rebirth and that and I think in that in between place for me is where I started to trust and that doesn't mean that that you're you're there and when you're out like you're constantly trusting you no longer want to control anything right. <laughs> like everything's great <laughs> it just means you you now have an understanding a deeper understanding about you know what it really all means and that this is all part of like the growth process. Um, so I love that you talked about that because I, I will interview women and I start noticing these correlations on the way the women talk about how they own their purpose and then what's next for them. So can you talk to us about being, you, you're in that place, you're recognizing that you made a decision that you're going to find peace in your heart regardless of what's going on. Um, and trusting that what is coming for you will come in its time. Can you tell me like some of the signs or some of the things when that started happening for you that you started noticing like, okay, now it's, it's starting to get better or like these things are showing me that I've, that I made the decision that was best for me. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because literally around the time that I really started to, you know, let go, so to speak, um, I remember exactly, it was like the day before I was like on my grandmother's porch, like she was kind of in the country. So, um, which I was on the back porch. It was like kind of cool outside. It was nighttime and it was just because she's in a country. She was like where there's like, when it gets dark, all the stars come out and you can actually see them because there's no real street lights around. And I was just taking in like the beauty of everything. And I just started praying and thanking God, you know, A, for being where I was and having that peace and thanking him in advance for what was to come and letting him know that I trust him fully. Not long after that, um, probably within the next day or so, I got the call for the interview for the job that I'm currently in. And, um, throughout that process, things just kept lining up. Like, um, cause I had also been applying for jobs while I was at my grandparents just in case, cause my, I had a backup plan, <laughs> which was just to get a job while I was there, you know, not worried about paying rent and, you know, work that job while also building out, you know, what would eventually be the relaunch of my brand right on Kaya. Um, so I, I got the call for that job. And then I also got another job as a waitress, uh, which doesn't sound glamorous, but I was just happy to have something. <laughs> um, and so at that point I knew, okay, regardless of whether this job that I ideally want works out or the one that, you know, isn't quite what I expected works out, I now know I'm gonna have some sort of income. So that was like number one. As I went through the interview process with my current job, um, when I actually got the job offer, literally, like, I was at the same time I was, because I wasn't in Atlanta, I had to find a place to live. So actually, the week that I came down to interview, I looked at apartments, and I had settled on what I thought I was going to end up staying in. And 
Um, but really I wanted to, which was a little bit outside the city. Really, I wanted to be in the city mm-hmm. and I wanted to be in a creative place. I wanted to, you know, feel like it wasn't a complete step back, you know, that I could come back to Atlanta in a different space than I, when I left. And so I, when I came down to the interview, I looked at apartments and went back home. Like within a couple of days, I found out I got the job literally like an hour later um, this moving company that helps you find apartments that I was working with, literally the agent called me and was like, Hey, I have this apartment, this, um, loft style apartment is right in the city is walking distance to your job. Like you have to get on it now. And I'm like, wait, you know, I don't know if this is the best, <laughs> you know, are you sure? Because I've been in situations where I, took an apartment that I didn't go see first and it didn't end well. So I was like nervous on that front. Cause I was like, I didn't even get a chance to see this place. I don't know if it's, if it is what it says it is. So I'm online looking at reviews and they're like, I'm telling you, like, you got to go now because the, like basically they had dropped the price pretty low mm. for this apartment. Um, and literally, and not only did they drop the price low, the application fee and deposit was for the exact amount that I had left in my bank account. And (laughs) so, whereas if I had went with the other apartments, I would have probably been paying a bit more. Mm -hmm. And I would have been further out in the city. So, long story short, I ended up uh, getting the apartment with and had to move within two weeks. And so it was just like everything was starting to line up. And that usually for me is a sign that that I'm moving in the right direction. So even now there are things that are happening that, you know, I haven't, you know, I'm doing what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm, you know, praying about the other things that I may need or that I may want. And they're just naturally coming into alignment without me having to, again, fight or struggle for it. And that usually for me is a sign that this is, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing because everything's starting to, to line up accordingly. Everything that you've asked for, everything that you've prayed for, everything that you've manifested is starting to come to fruition um, within God's timing and not your timing. So um, yeah, I think hopefully I answered the question, but, but yeah, I think, I think seeing like when I start to see those things, that's how, that's the things that keep me going where, where it's like, okay, yeah, there may be this struggle moment, there may be that challenge, that hurdle, but on the other side, there's this, this, and this lining up, and sometimes we don't even know what's happening um, behind the scenes, we only see what's in front of us, and so um, sometimes, like, people quit before their blessing is coming, and so I think for me, I try to keep in mind that as long as I'm doing what feels right, and what feels like it aligns with where I'm going to just keep going even when things get challenging, even when things get hard, because usually on the other side of that is everything that you're, you, you prayed for and that you're looking to manifest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think pretty much that, that's, that's kind of what happened to me during my unemployment period. But, you know, even also more recently um, things that I've been needing to help continue to grow my brand are just naturally coming my way. And that just, that in itself keeps me going and keeps me walking down this path fearlessly, so to speak. Mm. Beautiful. So 
talk to us that actually goes perfectly into my next question because you you're you're speaking about rebranding and and looking at new things right for your brand and how things are starting to align for that as well so can you talk a little bit about um, your rebranding and talk about your writing and i know that i've started to notice you're more on the visual now and it just correlates because i the reason I reached out to you and I've been like a fan of yours for like years, it was always inspirational for me to read your stuff. And then I was able to write, you know, and I was able to do my own writings. And now I've noticed a lot of the visuals just line up so beautifully. And then you recently even rebranded even more, right? To tell a, a beautiful visual story. Can you talk to us about that? That makes me so happy. That <laughs> <laughs> Because honestly, when I, you know, that's probably a good example. Like, I never necessarily planned on being in front of the camera. Like, when I, I don't, if you may remember when I first launched my blog, it was like, I was trying to like, use other people's photos mm -hmm. and, you know, use them as my, my uh, feature images and whatnot. But when I rebranded, I was like, you know, number one <laughs> here i am guys yeah i was like well number one is called ride on kaya's right. well <laughs> but, one thing i will say really quick when i first went looking for you because i think back in the day bloggers didn't really show their pictures right and i always wanted to see people's faces so i could feel more of a connection and i found your face on twitter and I'm, oh, that's what she looks like. You know, it just makes it all more real, especially because I was yeah. looking for women of color inspiration. Oh, well, thank you. you know yeah. I mean? And then it was like, oh, okay, that's a beautiful person that writes that be those beautiful words. Oh. You know what I mean? And now it's like, okay, now we get to see more of you. But it, continue. Sorry about that. No, no you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. Um, it's, it's, um, so me, my rebranding kind of came out, it was a combination of, what I loved so I've always loved photography I love I love visual the visual aspect of storytelling and I actually started calling myself more of a storyteller versus a writer because um I felt like just being a writer was kind of limiting me because to me you can tell stories in so many capacities right from your marketing to your branding to what you wear to your photography, whatever, like is, is a part of your story. And so, you know, the blogs that I loved um, going to even outside of the, the writers, but you know, even some of the fashion bloggers and whatnot, I, I loved how cool their photos were and how their photos told the story and they were high quality, great photos. And I've always had a love for a, like editorial design. So I love magazines like Vogue and Elle you know, not only because they had great writing, but because they had all these like really like powerful images to go with them. And so, you know, I didn't want to launch a magazine, but I found a way to bring that element into my brand. So, so me rebranding was me sitting down and saying, okay, what, what are all the pieces that you, you like and how can you tie them together into one blog? Because I naturally have like 20 different things that I like, that I like. And I was like, I, ne I can't necessarily, not that I can't do it all, but not to say, but it doesn't necessarily all mesh well. So I was trying to figure out how I can bring parts of myself, parts of the things I love into my brand. So one of that is the photography. I was like, okay, 
you know, a lot of bloggers, especially if they're more writing centric, obviously we place more emphasis on the words, which is important. But today's, you know, audience has short attention spans and everything's super visual. And then if you're posting on Instagram, I know I personally gravitate toward more visual um, accounts versus like accounts with a bunch of quotes. So I wanted to, I basically wanted to uh, bring to life what I loved and what I hadn't seen while scrolling my Instagram. So it was like a combination of that. And it was also me saying, it was me kind of stepping out of a comfort zone, right? Because I, again, somehow I tend to end up in front of a camera, uh, usually not like me seeking after opportunities. Um, But beyond that, you know, it was me having to get comfortable with myself because a lot of things had changed. Like even my, you know, to be quite honest, like I had gained a bit of weight between leaving LA and starting my new job and all that. So I wasn't necessarily felt like I was at my best, you know, from a, I guess an image standpoint, but that in itself was like me saying, okay, we're going to really work on this confidence side of you get in front of this camera, even when it is uncomfortable, figure out what works for you. Um, and also knowing that I didn't see like, I didn't see a lot of images of myself in both the media or, you know, social media. Like I didn't know too many short girls with locks and, you know, not model-esque, so to speak. Um, so I wanted to see more of myself because even part of me growing my locks has been its own journey in itself. And you don't see as many uh, people out there. We see more of a natural hair movement, but I don't see too many girls with locks. So it was like a combination of a lot of things. It was representation. It was um, just my general interest in photography and storytelling. Um, it was a marketing uh, tactic because I needed more content to put on my social media channels. So that was all a part of the, the rebrand. The story aspect of it also shift. Um, Cause when I rebranded, I went through all of my old posts and was like, okay, these were cool back when I was 25 and <laughs> this was going on in my life, but now I'm in another place. And so how can I tell that story and how can I bring even more of my authentic self to the forefront? Um, and that kind of actually, um, I know you mentioned femininity, that kind of actually was when I started really thinking about who I am as a woman. And the first post I launched with was very like sensual and, you know, hopefully tastefully done, but sensual and honest and open um, regarding the sexual and sexuality parts of myself. Um And I felt like I had to embrace that because even though I still carry myself a certain way, I never wanted to suppress who I really am and what makes me me. And I feel like in the past, I kind of like tiptoed around things. And this time I was like, no, this is what makes being a woman being a woman. Like there's so many beautiful parts of us that don't have to be presented a certain way or don't have to you know, you know, I, I had a battle with, okay, I am a Christian woman. So how do I do it in a way that doesn't make me feel like I'm, you know, doing too much, but also that's really true to who I am. Mm-hmm. So that was a part of 
that back and forth. And it's something I'm still like figuring out, to be honest. Like there's, there's still a lot that I had to, um, that I'm adjusting along the way because I, I re- originally wasn't even going to launch the blog when I did. I was going to wait until the new year when I had everything together and everything was perfect. But, you know, a friend of mine told me people need to see you where you're at now. Hmm. Like, people, you know, we often try to wait until things are like so perfectly lined up. And the reality is so many of us are in the same place or there's somebody, there's always somebody who may be where you used to be and they need help getting out of that place. So even though you ideally want to be here, they need to see that transition to here. So for me, I I looked at it as, okay, it'd be great to bring these people along on my journey because I'm just figuring out how to quote unquote, be a model in front of a camera. I'm trying to figure out what looks work for my body type. I'm trying to figure out what shots, type of shots that I like. And it's an opportunity for my readers to go along this journey with me because I'm not perfect. And I'm never tried to be, to be honest, I I like who I am. Um, And so I, I wanted people to be inspired in their own journeys by seeing that, okay, wow, she started here and now she's here. Like there's some, there's some people that I look at who I was following for years. I'm like, wow, I remember when you looked like this and <laughs> and your writing was like this and your brand was like this. And now you're all the way over here. Like that's such an insp- inspiring thing to see. And I, you know, I think sometimes we try to hide that part of the journey. It was like, no, everybody needs to see the struggle <laughs> as well as the triumph. So mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I tried to pull all of that into my brand and my rebrand. I think for, for many of us, I don't know if what I've started to know. So number one, I think part of becoming or being a woman, right, is about, it's very personal to us. Um, it's about, okay, this is what feels good to me. Like for you, okay, I'm this size, Right. Um, I want to start doing this, right? Get in touch with my sensuality, but also I'm, I'm Christian. So what does that mean to me? And I think the biggest part of being a woman is deciding what that looks and feels like to you. And people will gravitate towards that, not because they want their definition to be the same, but because they want to be able to do it themselves too. Right. I think society, um, what I've noticed specifically for women of color, it's like, when you own that, it's a problem, right? Mm. When you're figuring it out, it's still a problem. When you do, you know, you, you set into that, it's still a problem. And even when it comes to, so I do podcast consulting and I'm getting ready to do a Facebook live with another writer about owning our voice and owning and, and the power of, of using our voice out loud when it comes to podcasting, right? And writing it in every space because we don't see ourselves right in that space. And that's why to me, five years ago, or how many years ago, when I was trying to look for someone, and I found you, it was such a beautiful connection, right? Because I go to Twitter, and I find you, I find another writer, you know, Gigi, right? (laughs) Yeah, I find her. I love Gigi. Yeah, she's amazing, too. And so finding those beautiful connections, and not putting our photos out there, I think, sometimes in the media, um, kind of hiding ourselves 
is is also part of us not not allowing other people to own it because like you said it's really it's not about us it's about the people out there who are going through the same struggle and that want to get online or get somewhere so that they get that inspiration right like they see you they see your struggles they see you know i'm struggling with this i'm struggling with being christian i'm struggling not to do too much but at the same time i'm going to put it out there because i know that's necessary and not so much too for other people because that's great but also for yourself right to be able to go back because i'm constantly telling like women that i work with women entrepreneurs um, they want to wait to take the pictures until they get there. They want to wait till they get a brand expert or when they look a certain way. And I'm like, can you imagine like when you're there and you look back and you, you're like looking at your humble beginnings, like mm. you should record that for you so that you can go back and see how far you've come. You'll be able to look back and then you'll be able to use that to help other people. So that's another thing that I wanted to talk about. What do you, why do you feel that, you know, women of color, we're not, we're so afraid of, of using our voice um, when it comes to being on social media, when it comes to like photo, you know, just putting our voice out there. What do you think holds so many of us back? Or what do you feel even for you, like what held you back? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I think for I can speak more for me personally because everybody's story is different. For me, it was a lot of deep-rooted insecurities. Like I've always struggled with my image in some way, and it's funny because when I look back at old photos, I like now like things that I used to complain about then I can't see those anymore like I used to always complain about my weight when I was like 40 pounds lighter and now when I look at those pictures I'm like oh my god I was like perfect like you know it's 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 so funny how we how we criticize ourselves and I you know I recently this year uh back in September I started going to therapy and I think really tapping into the issues that I had that caused me to look at myself the way I looked at myself and getting to the root of those issues and um, actually dealing with them. I think that gave me the courage and confidence to move forward because before I was, to some extent, I was probably concerned with, you know, how other people perceived me and, you know, just even beyond image, just from a, just from a voice standpoint, like, um, especially when I was younger, I remember, you know, you'll have family members and whatnot following you on social media. And you're like, sometimes you're, you're quieting your voice for that reason. Cause you're like, Oh, I don't want, I don't want to come off this way or anybody to have issues with these, with these images or whatever. So there are certain things I just didn't say or do because of that. Sometimes, again, like, sometimes it's our own barriers that we place upon ourselves. Um, A lot of times it's our own insecurities. Other times it's, you know, things that, how we, I guess, communicate to ourselves and talk to ourselves and things that we've internalized from other people. So, you know, if if you grew up 
in a family that didn't, you know, encourage you to use your voice or maybe you had a relationship in which you felt silenced. Like those things carry over into other parts of our lives. And so again, these are things that you have to kind of identify and get to the root of in order to truly, you know, walk in your light. Um, Cause otherwise you're always going to be held down by somebody else's insecurities that they pushed upon you in some way. Um, or the ones you pushed upon yourself for whatever reason. Um, so I think for me, like, I've, I've reached a point where I was like, you know, this is who I am. This aspect of me is what has always been consistent. Yes, I'm changing. Yes, I'm evolving. Yes, I'm truly, you know, growing into a woman and understanding what it means to be a woman. Um, and in that in that journey, I'm accepting these parts of myself. And these are parts these are things that I love about myself. And these are things that I know I can change if I don't love them. And so whether I change them immediately or change them later, you know, it doesn't matter. Like these are, these, these are the thoughts that I feel. These are, these are the things that I feel strongly about and want to voice myself on. And at the end of the day, you know, you can't live by other people's, I guess, opinion of you like because people are always going to have opinion one way or the other like you're never going to be perfect for everybody so you might as well just embrace who you are and you know to me that's when everything comes together naturally and you don't feel you know confined or suppressed in any way and everyone people will either adapt or they'll they'll move out the way one or the other and the people who do leave or who do have something negative to say or whatever the case is probably weren't the people that you wanted in your circle to begin with. So if you have to constantly change who you are to fit into whatever it is you're trying to do, then that's probably not the best environment for you. Like I'm a firm believer that God made all of us who we are to speak to who we need to speak to. So, you know, there's, there's certain messages that people that everyone's not going to hear because it, it depends on who they're connecting to. Like a lot of us say the same things, but they, everybody hears what they hear from different people because Mm -hmm. they identify with those people who are most like them or who they can see themselves the most in. And so if we all try to box ourselves into this one identity, then there's a lot of people that we're missing. So I believe that we've all been made a certain way to speak to those people that need to be spoken to and to help those people that need that need our help. And so we really only do a disservice to both ourselves and, you know, the people we're meant to inspire and influence and motivate by, you know, not being vocal about who we are, what we stand for, uh, what we look like, whatever, whatever it is that's kind of holding you back. But I would say overall, in order to overcome that, you truly have to love yourself. And that's something that we talk about and you know it sounds good in a quote but the reality is a lot of us don't love ourselves we think we do but we don't so you have to really figure out what does that mean to really love truly love myself so that I can walk in my light so that I can embrace these parts that I don't always love or and change the things that I can change some stuff you can't change so if you can't change it 
you can't allow those things to be what cause you not to do whatever it is you feel like you should be doing. And so, um, yeah, I think, I think there's levels to it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure for other women, there are other things that contribute, but those are the ones that I've seen both in myself and in, you know, others around me. I am Kaya McBride. I am the writer, storyteller behind Ride on Kaya, and I can be found pretty much Ride on Kaya anywhere, rideonkaya.com, Ride on Kaya on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. My favorite form of self-care is being still. I think it's in my place of stillness that I am able to truly dive into myself. I can truly make sense of any sort of chaos that's around me. I'm able to hear God's voice um, and I'm able to get a sense of peace and discernment.